thanking all of you guys um, for just all the amazing gifts you guys have given us for Brannigan, our new little little one there, and all the amazing food. The food is delicious, by the way. If you could do this the rest of your life, it would be amazing. Not have to ever cook anything, and you just get different stuff and all kinds of good stuff. Um, but we've totally been blessed. It's been a bunch of food. It's made life a lot easier when transitioning with a new little one, and especially for my wife. She wanted to thank you all, too. So thank you for the food. Um, we're truly blessed to have friends like you guys. There aren't too many places in the world where we get people like you guys that love us and care about us and want to help us and do everything you can. And so um, I think we take it for granted sometimes being in the church, but it's it's definitely a blessing. I don't think there's too many places outside the church where we get this. And so we're thankful. We just want to let you guys know that. But um, to start off, you know how I like to show you pictures of my kids. So I'm going to show you a few pictures of the little one. You all have seen her hopefully by now, but um, that was about five minutes after she was born. So she's not too happy. And there's Big Brother giving her a kiss. That was in the hospital as well. <coughs> there's a, a cool picture Christian took for us, so it's a nice one. And there's a little brother being happy. I don't know if he was happy to be holding her or laughing at somebody else, but he looks pretty happy. So, And he is pretty happy <laughs> to have a little sister. So uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun having a new little one. So like I said, this morning's going to be a little different. Greg and I are going to tag team it this morning. So it's not just me the whole time. I'm up here for a shorter time. Greg's going to have a lot of details. But I'm going to share with you a few thoughts that God gave me from Nehemiah just when it deals with this project and how we're going to tackle it. And then Greg's going to jump in and give us some specifics. He's going to show you the plans if you haven't seen them in a while and um, just talk about the teams that we're going to do and how we're going to tackle this building project because it's, it's a, a pretty big one. So we're going to pass around a sheet later on to let you guys put your preference of what part you'd like to work on, what part, what team you'd like to be a part of um, to jump in and, and help us get it done. But before we do all that stuff, let's just pray and ask God to bless our time here. So. God, we thank you. Again, God, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for this family. God, we, we are blessed, truly blessed to be a part of your family, to be a part of your church, and to have family and friends like this that just love us and care for us and will do anything for us. God, we're, we're grateful. God, we're thankful. God, we just ask that you would bless this morning. God, help us to communicate clearly what you have in store for us in this warehouse project and where you have us going and, and the things we need to know to accomplish it and to do a good job. God, we want to um, have a, a tool, a, a good tool in that building that we can use for your kingdom. God, that will draw people to you, that they'll be walking down the street and they'll, they'll want to come in. They'll want to join us. God, they'll recognize us by, by what our building looks like. And when they're there, they'll, they'll feel comfortable. And they'll be able to drink coffee and hang out and get to know people and, and have a place for kids, uh, a, a, night, a better room that we can have for our kids' ministry and um, just a, a better auditorium that we can have, uh, a stage and things like that where everyone can see the screen and tell people's heads don't stick in the way and, and fun things like that. But God, we just we just pray that you'd bless. Bless this whole project. God, help us to help us to trust you with it. Help us to be unified here. And we'll just bless our time here this morning as, as we talk a little more about it. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, so take your Bibles. We're going to read a, a chunk of Nehemiah together. It's on page 473. Does anybody not have a Bible? Anybody need a Bible? There's plenty around. People can pass you one if you need one. But we're just gonna we're gonna read Nehemiah three together, and then we're gonna look at three things that that I think are crucial to our project and are crucial here in Nehemiah. So Nehemiah three, the subtitle is Builders of the Wall. 
says, Eliashib the high priest and his fellow priests went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. They dedicated it and set its doors in place, building as far as the Tower of the Hundred, which they dedicated, and as far as the Tower of Hananel. The men of Jericho built the adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Emery, built next to them. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hesena. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired the next section. Next to him, Meshulam, son of Barakai, the son of Meshezabel, made repairs, and next to him, Zadok, son of Banah, also made repairs. The next section was repaired by the men of Tekoa, but their nobles would not put their shoulders to the work under their supervisors. The Jeshana gate was repaired by Joida, son of Paseah, and Meshulam, son of Besodiah. They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Next to them, repairs were made by men from Gibeon and Mizpah, Maltiah of Gibeon and Jadon of Maranoth, places under the authority of the governor of, the, of Trans-Euphrates. Uziel, son of Harahiah, one of the goldsmiths, repaired the next section, and Hananiah, one of the perfume makers, made repairs next to that. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Raphiah, son of Hur, ruler of a half-district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section. Adjoining this, Jedediah, son of Harumupha, made repairs opposite his house, and Hattush, son of Hashbaniah, made repairs next to him. Malchijah, son of Haram, and Hashab, son of Pahath Moab, repaired another section and the tower of the ovens. Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of a half-district of Jerusalem, repaired the next section with the help of his daughters. The valley gate was repaired by Hanan and the residents of Zenoah. They rebuilt it and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. They also repaired 500 yards of the wall as far as the dung gate. The dung gate was repaired by Malchijah, son of Rechab, ruler of the district of Beth Hakarim. He rebuilt it and put its doors and bolts and bars in place. The fountain gate was repaired by Shalom, son of Kol Hose, ruler of the district of Mizpah. He rebuilt it, roofing it over and putting its doors and bolts and bars in place. He also repaired the wall of the Pool of Siloam by the king's garden as far as the steps going down from the city of David. Beyond him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of a half-district of Bethzer, made repairs up to a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool and the house of the heroes. Next to him, the repairs were made by the Levites under Raham, son of Benai. Beside him, Hashabiah, ruler of the half-district of Kali, carried out repairs for his district. Next to him, the repairs were made by the countrymen under Benui, son of Henadad, ruler of the other half-district of Kali. Next to him, Ezer, son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section from a point facing the ascent to the armory as far as the angle. Next to him, Baruch, son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section from the angle to the entrance of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. Next to him, Merimoth, son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired another section from the entrance of Eliashib's house to the end of it. The repairs next to him were made by the priests from the surrounding region. Beyond them, Benjamin and Hashab made repairs in front of their house. And next to them, Azariah, son of Messiah, the son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. Next to him, Benui, son of Henadad, repaired another section from Azariah's house to the angle and the corner. And Palal, son of Uzai, worked opposite the angle and the tower projecting from the upper palace near the court of the guard. Next to him, Pedadiah, son of Parash, and the temple servants living on the hill of Ophel made repairs up to a point opposite the water gate, toward the east and the projecting tower. Next to them, the men of Tekoa repaired another section from the great projecting tower to the wall of Ophel. 
Above the horse gate, the priests made repairs, each in front of his own house. Next to them, Zadok, son of Emer, made repairs opposite his house. Next to him, Shemamiah, son of Shechaniah, the guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanan, the sixth son of Zalaph, repaired another section. Next to them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his living quarters. Next to him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs as far as the house of the temple servants and the merchants, opposite the inspection gate and as far as the room above the corner. And between the room above the corner and the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and merchants made repairs. Wow, some tongue twisters in there. <laughs> a little hard. Uh, th- I think that's a really great uh, description of what we're looking at, and I think it, it comes along and is very similar to what we're looking at. So I'm just going to, we're going to look at three things that I, I got out of that, that God gave me out of that, that we can, we can apply to our building. It is, and the first one is that people of all skill levels were involved. If you were reading that, I, I don't think that was a list of construction people who knew how to build a wall. Most of them probably didn't have a clue. Um, it, it said there were priests, there were men from various towns, there were goldsmiths, there were perfume makers, there were rulers, there were rulers' daughters, there were temple servants, there were merchants, there were all kinds of people mixed in there that were putting their shoulder to the work. They weren't certified wall builders, I guarantee you that. Not all of them were. They didn't get their degree in wall building and how to make it sound and firm and any of that. Most of them probably never even built a wall in their life ever. Had probably never picked up a stone or anything and, and set it on a wall. They were clueless. But what I like about this is they jumped right in and they did it. They just jumped in and they did it. I feel like we're very similar. Like I said, some of you guys are students. Some of you are computer nerds like me. You know, sit behind a computer, type on it all day long. Some of you are moms. And if any of you are goldsmiths, i got to get to know you better. Because I said there were goldsmiths in here, but I don't know if there are any of you guys. But i got to get to know you better. If you are, just come talk to me afterward. and Maybe you could give me some gold here and there. That would be nice. Uh, we all have our jobs, as far as I know. Um, none of them are in the construction field. I don't think we have a single person in here that is working in a true construction job. Um, and, and so uh, that might be a little, in fact, I venture to say that some of you might have never used a hammer that much. Maybe to hang a picture on your wall or to smash something to bits that you were trying to get open or something. Maybe you broke out the hammer, but if I haven't used it a whole lot, a lot of us are definitely going to be outside of our areas of expertise, and that's okay. That's okay. And it may cause us to, to have a fear inside that we want to just shrink back and go, I can't do this. I don't have a clue. I'm, I can't do this. But let me be the first to tell you we're all going to be learning together. There are a lot of us here that don't have a clue what we're doing. And that's why we put together these teams the way we're going to put them together that Greg's going to explain here in a little bit. But we're going to have some people leading the teams that have maybe a little bit better idea. Not perfect. Not perfect, but a little bit better idea of what we're doing. And so that's, that's going to be our goal there. And we're going to learn how to do the things that we need to do for our team. We're going to be on these teams. We're going to learn together. Whatever we have to do for our specific job, we're going to learn together. Whether it's how to finish bathrooms or how to paint walls or how to work on a kitchen and do the things that we need in a kitchen, we're going to be learning them together. And we're going to need each and every one of you guys to help. As you can imagine, it's a pretty good-sized building, and there aren't very many of us. So the more of us that we have there, the faster it's going to go, and the, the more work we're going to be able to get done, because there's definitely plenty of it. Uh, if you don't think, again, that you're going to be much help, that you don't have the needed skills, I challenge you, just sign up. Sign up for one of these teams. Jump in and join us. We'll teach you. We'll, we'll bring you along. We'll, we'll all learn together, and, and we'll, we'll work hard to get it done. The second thing we see from this is that they worked zealously. And specifically in Nehemiah 3.20, if you look back there, it says, and I, I think I have it up here, but it says, Next to him, Baruch, son of Zabai, zealously repaired another section. From the angle of the entrance to the house of Eliashib, the high priest. 
I really like it because it's a perfect example of how we need to work. This needs to be our attitude. We need to have the attitude of Baruch. We need to show up. We need to be ready to zealously work hard. When we're supposed to be there and we need to get our things done, we need to show up and we need to zealously work hard. Again, if you feel inadequate, it'll help. We're going to help you learn, and it will help you be able to attack that job so you can have a zealous attitude about it. Sometimes I think we cannot be zealous when we don't have a clue what we're doing. We kind of go, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do this, but we're going to learn together so that we can. We can just jump in, and we'll be able to work really hard, and we'll be able to work zealously together, and everything will be just fine. Um, If each of our teams, each of our teams are going to consist of men and women who are zealous, if those teams were all zealous in each one of those things, we're going to be able to work hard, and, and we're not doing it begrudgingly. We're not there like, oh, man, it's another Saturday. i got to be at the building working on a toilet. Ooh, fun. <laughs> if we have that attitude, it's going to be contagious. It, it, it'll, it'll spread, and it's going, to, it's going to hurt us, hurt us being able to get the job done. But if we're there and we're, we're zealous about it, I think we're going to be amazed at what God does. I think we're going to be amazed at the finished project. When we get done and we look at it, we're going to go, how in the world did we do this? We're a small group of people who have no skills, but we're going to look back at it and go, wow, this is an amazing thing. Just like the men and women there in Nehemiah who put their hands to the work and rebuilt it strong, they rebuilt the wall strong, and they rebuilt it quickly. Another verse here out of Nehemiah 4.6. This is after, partway through, but it says, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their hearts. This is how I want our crew, our crews that are in there to be viewed by the construction people, the other people that are in there that maybe aren't part of our church. It would be really cool if, they, if we were working zealously and we're working hard that they said, they said, man, these guys work really hard and they're working with all their hearts. That would be awesome. That would be awesome if we could have that said about us in this project. And then the third thing we can learn is that they were committed to finish the work. And we need to be that way. We need to be committed to the end. I know I think Christian prayed it this morning in our prayer group. When you hit month five, month six, and it just seems like we've been there forever, it can be really easy to just kind of check out and go, oh, I'm not going this week. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I'm tired. Each team it won't be working for the whole time. That's another reason we've set up these teams. We're not gonna, you're not going to be there from day one till the end of six months. You're going to be there for a set time to do your project, to do your part that you need to get done. And so those projects will come at different times, and Greg will explain that a little bit better. So don't think I have to be there for the next eight months every Saturday. That's not going to happen because none of us would be there. <laughs> the building would be partway done, and we'd all probably just be like, I'm done. Let's just sell it and do something else. <laughs> but... So it'll be a little easier than that, but we need to stay positive each and every time we're there and and have that goal. Have the goal of, hey, we're going to finish this, and we're going to finish it well, and have that cemented in our minds so we don't forget about it. If one of us starts complaining, like I said earlier, about our waste, our time, or we're tired, it'll be contagious, and I guarantee you it'll spread to everyone. It'll spread quickly. As soon as one person starts kind of having a bad attitude about it, it'll spread quickly. They must have been discouraged. Think about these guys in Nehemiah. I mean, right off the bat, they had to. You, we read through every part of that wall that had to be rebuilt. The whole wall had to be rebuilt. Huge chunks of it. That was, they probably stood there and went, there's no way we're ever going to get this done. That was probably their first thought, but they didn't. They never, you never hear them complain in there at all. They put the hands, their hands to the work, and they worked hard at it. In fact, it, part of it, if you read a little more in Nehemiah, there was such opposition at one time that they had to work with one hand and carry a sword in the other. So they were, there were people that were so mad at them, they were willing to kill them. 
people were threatening them a lot, and, and they just had to do it. Now, if you think, I'm pretty sure we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about somebody coming in and killing us, but if you guys are worried about that, I, I imagine I could order a couple hundred swords. You guys could carry them around on one hand, and you could work with your other hand. I'm pretty sure we don't have that kind of opposition, so our job's a little bit easier. Um, we shouldn't have to worry about it. We don't have anything like that. We have a, a much easier job. We don't, we don't have people that are going to be coming in and trying to kill us while we're working on the building there. But um, I like this verse, these couple verses too out of Nehemiah 6. This is talking about the end. And it's Nehemiah 6, 15 and 16. But it says, So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elul in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. They finished in 52 days. I don't think we're going to finish in 52 days. <laughs> not unless there's a miracle. <laughs> it's going to take slightly longer than that. That's just that's not even two months. We're looking probably at least six months, four to six months, depending on how it goes. Um, but I but I hope that the devil feels the same way that, that those that their enemies felt here. I hope the devil looks at us and he loses self confidence when he realizes what a group of God's people who are banded together and who are working really hard together in unity can do, and when we're relying on God's strength to help us do it. So um, let's just be praying over the next little while here just for God to strengthen our hands, to grow us in our skills, to give us confidence in these things we're going to be doing. And and just for the opportunity and to bless the amazing opportunity we have to work beside each other. I think it's one of the funnest things I've done is some of these construction projects we did on the girls' house and things, just working beside each other. It's a lot of fun. And it will grow our relationships with each other. It will grow our skills. And, and in turn, it's going to hopefully grow God's kingdom as we can use this tool for him. So that's all I have. Greg's going to come up and continue. Good morning again. Good morning. Good morning. I'm actually going to move back here. Just in case you can't see it, I'm going to be pointing to pictures here. Um, I think uh, I'd like to echo Jeff's thanks to everyone who helped us out. As most of you know, we also had a baby uh, just a week before Jeff and Grace, and I appreciate the meals and the support and the laundry and the stuff everyone's done for us. Appreciate that. I think that's part of why Jeff and I are sharing this teaching. You get uh, two dads running on a half tank of gas each. You're going to get one serious teaching out of us, I guess, as opposed to half. Um, so I also wanted to take the chance to say happy birthday to my wife. Uh, she Her birthday was yesterday, so if you see her, please say happy birthday to her. And I also know out this morning that Amy and Amy have birthdays today and tomorrow also, so you could say happy birthday to them. That would be great. Um, <clears throat> I was looking back through my notes, and I noticed that I, I talked once before about uh, construction teams, and it was about six months ago. You're probably thinking, man, really let the time lag on us here. But you should be glad because this means we'll be doing the work in the summer instead of in the winter. So we won't have to you know, wear our gloves and hats while we're doing the work this summer. Um, I wanted to kind of take a few minutes here and maybe run through the design of our project. I think maybe not everybody knows what we're doing, um, what we're planning on doing. And that way, when you, you don't get there and say, oh, this is dumb. Why are we doing this? Maybe you'll know why we're doing what we're doing. Um, is it this button? Yeah. 
the four. Oh, yeah, number four. That's right. All right. I'm not sure if you can really see the plan. I'll try to point to it. Uh, Pat Meyer, of course, did this color rendering. It's not turned out very well, but um, basically, for those of you who don't know, um, the project is going to be located on the corner of Tehon Street and 33rd Avenue, which is just a few blocks from here. Um, right now, this is a lovely lime green colored building. You can't miss it if you drive by there. Uh, it's, its use has been essentially storage for the past 80 or so years that it's been in construction or it's been built. Um, and we're planning on turning it into a church, obviously. Um, the way we've, uh, we've laid out the design is that the main entrance to the building is going to be at the front on the corner. We call it the cafe. It'll be sort of a social gathering space. There'll be a central corridor that heads in to the main meeting room, which is where we would have meetings like this um, with a sort of stage platform at one end. This will be Sunday school, classroom, education sort of area. We have a series of bathrooms. And finally, Rich will be able to have an office space that he can work in that's not in the cellar of his house. You're probably saying, what in the world is this area out here, Greg? Well, <clears throat> the city requires, I, I wonder the same thing myself. Um, because of the city code, uh, we changed the use of this building from a storage warehouse to a church. And by changing that, we have to provide a certain amount of parking. Um, as you can see, if you go over there, there's actually an, not even an alley. There's a house that sits right over here. So there's nowhere we can provide on-site parking except in the building. So the city accepted the creation of seven parking spaces here, two small parking spaces in this sort of driveway area, and uh, they, were, they granted us the change of use, which is a huge praise because that can be a very difficult and costly process. So we are to that point and we're, we're ready to build. Um, another thing I'd mention about it, um, those of you who've been in there have noticed is that the floor slopes from about this point down the hill all the way out of the building, which I think has been in our favor because I try to imagine, you know, a yoga studio on a sloped floor. Probably not going to work very well, but for us, we're going to use it in sort of a stadium fashion, which will hopefully help those of you who are in the back. You'll be able to see the screen a little bit better, maybe. Um, we are going to flatten the floor for the restrooms and the, and the classroom. Um, don't worry, our kids won't be rolling <laughs> down the hill during story time. Um, Let's see, uh, some key design features, I just thought I'd point some things out so you'll be aware they're coming. Uh, because this is sort of our prominent corner and this is going to be very public, we're going to cut open these walls. If you drive by there now, it's, it's very dark. Uh, we're going to cut in some windows. We're going to put in two uh, uh, rolling overhead doors like you might see in a restaurant. They're going to be glass. So we'll get a lot of light and be able to open those up in the summer on a nice day like this and let some of the... Uh, the sunshine and the air in. Um, you're also, you know, one of the things we had to deal with is is balancing uh, Sunday school or classroom space with meeting space. And you probably may wonder how we sort of arrived at this ratio between these two. And so I did some little calculations um, on our kids. That could sort of drive it. I, I figured out six years ago we were just kind of starting the firehouse or bringing the summer team down here and six years ago right now there was really the firehouse could claim one child at time and now I think if you sort of look at our regular house church attendance um, you can claim that we've got 
about, I think, 20 children right now. And so if you take that over six years, that equates to about one birth every 3.6 months, right? <clears throat> Which you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty fast. But if you actually go back, let's go back 14 months, and we've had seven children born in the past 14 months, so that's a birth rate of one birth every two months. So by birth alone, in three years, just three years, we'll add 10 to 18 more kids just by birth which is going to take our capacity then from 20 to 30, somewhere between 30 and 48. Well, the occupancy of what we've designed this room for is 45. So already we've sort of, I think we've tightened this down so that we can get 200 people to sit in this room comfortably. So we kind of had to try to find how do we find that balance. And, you know, I think we will be able to use this space for overflow if we need to, you know, if our Sunday school grows too big, we can use this for overflow. Or if our service grows too big, we can use it for overflow. So just so you know, that's kind of how we came up with that balance. So that is what that is. Um, We also got some input from our our brothers at the church in Salt Lake City. Uh, We had Steve McEnroy, a pastor from out there, came in and he's done... I think three construction projects for them, three different churches um, to help them. And we said, what is your, what is your input? And, and really, one of their, if any of you have ever been to the, the warehouse they have in Salt Lake, it's, it's very similar, but they made a decision to actually put the restrooms uh, sort of where our parking area is, sort of at the back of the building. And he said, we regret that decision. We wish we'd put the restrooms at the front as opposed to the back. So we had originally, actually, my original design showed restrooms at the bottom of the hill. Um, and we changed it based on his input that we said, you know, it's going to make a whole lot more sense to have it at this point. And, and I think that ties into sort of a flexibility of use and sort of being able to open this building to the community that if we want to rent the space out or we want to have receptions or allow people to have meetings, we sort of created three different areas that we can sort of close off or open up as we need to, and all of them have reasonable access into the restroom area. So, um, I mentioned before we get office space for Rich. Uh, we hopefully won't have to squeeze him out of that with you know nursing mother's room or Sunday school space or anything like that. And we also one small thing some of you will notice here is there is actually a shower. We have included a shower in here as we get these teams. So we've seen you know folks from Minnesota and Salt Lake and so forth come to visit us. Sometimes it's nice be able to have that or I don't know maybe Rich will go jogging and needs to shower off before a meeting so he can use that I can tease him because he's not here today <clears throat> so the next question then is um, how are we going to get this done and this is this is a nice pretty picture Greg what are, what, how are we going to get this done well obviously the design is complete I just finished up the drawings that will go into the city uh, hopefully tomorrow morning they'll be in front of the city permitting office um, We're in the process of hiring a general contractor. For those of you who don't know what a general contractor is, um, this is a a company who oversees the construction process and gets a whole bunch of skilled workers to come in and do various trades, whether it be electrical, plumbing, uh, drywall, whatever. Um, So we're working with uh, uh, Jones Custom Builders is the name of the company. You'll see, I'm sure there's signs and there are people. They seem to be very wonderful, um, and they're going to be very flexible in helping us and letting us do a portion of the work that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, And the real reason that we do want to do some of the work ourselves is a cost savings. Um, I think Rich has maybe talked about that, or we can talk about that more. I won't talk a whole lot about cost, but in the way to make this as cheap as we can, um, 
we really want to utilize the best resource we have as a church which is all of you so we're going to use you so to speak Um, I I think six months ago I I sort of briefly touched on that there's two methods of of having volunteer labor the first one is everyone shows up on a Saturday or a work day and they bring their hammers like Jeff said some people don't even know how to use a hammer they all come in and you say okay and go do this and nobody really knows how to do that but they're just very zealous and, and they try to get it done but ultimately your problems are that people get really confused the quality of what you build is going to really decrease and then you end up with one or two people who have to sort of micromanage everything to make sure it gets done right and um, I guess fortunately or unfortunately I have a full-time job and so I can't just spend 100% of my time overseeing and micromanaging this project so we know that method's not going to work so instead we want to approach it sort of the way it was approached in Nehemiah like what Jeff was talking about where we're going to have everybody who wants to commit to helping with this project commit to one team Um, and those teams I'll talk about those teams in a minute but the idea is that you're going to become an expert in a very short time you're going to become an expert on that specific trade and that's what you're going to do and you work with other people to do that and that's going to allow me to sort of macro-manage these teams and the pastors to macro-manage and oversee it all without having to get too involved in every single detail we're going to be able to decrease the confusion for each of you because you'll be able to show up and say I know what I'm doing and I know what the schedule is and I know what my tasks are going to be and I'm ready to do it Um, and in the end the quality is going to get a whole lot better I hope we'll see I've never done it this way so we're going to give it a shot um, so let's without further ado we'll talk about the teams I, and I can't remember I may have mentioned these before um, but I think we've kind of got it solidified um, first team is insulation second team is painting the third team is the kitchenette team fourth team is the restrooms team and the final and fifth and final team is the flooring team um, and then I'll talk about each of these specifically we are going to do some other work um, there will be a little bit of demolition we'll probably have a day where we just kind of say announce it to the church and say show up on Saturday if you can and bring your work gloves and a, a dust mask and we're going to we'll tear some things down um, there's also some other things like landscaping and there may be some other tasks that come up as the construction go along and I'll just be in touch with people specifically um, on those on those issues also too if you are a mother of children you're probably saying well how in the world am I going to be able to take part in construction Um, and and obviously one way is to uh, free up your husband so he can uh, come help us and be a part of a team but a second way so you can actually do something tangible is there's um, the very last thing that happens in a construction project is called final cleaning and a crew comes in and basically does a full scrub down and wipe down and gets all the dust and all the dirt and gets everything cleaned up and and looking right and nice and neat and that can cost usually a few thousand dollars and so we're going to the time draws nigh we will see if we can get the moms to work with their husbands for watching children to come in and actually be part of that cleaning team so stay tuned on that for sure Um, now we'll talk about each of these teams specifically Uh, the insulation team that does anybody think that sounds really exciting? Insulation. When sight starts to itch, when you think about insulating, and I understand that, but the point of this team um, is there to install all the insulation products, which is thermal insulation and sound insulation. Um, and why is it important? Well, 
the building has to stay warm or cool, depending on the season. And if you have noisy children in the classroom and a meeting going on in the other room, you don't want to be able to hear them. So that's why it's very important. Um, in, in our case, um, insulation is going to be a, a little bit more special than it might be in a normal project. Uh, usually insulation goes into the walls, it goes into the ceiling, and that's it. And you don't see it anymore, so there's not really a need to be very neat or orderly or anything. Um, our plan at this point is we're going to leave the insulation in the ceiling above the meeting area and above the cafe. We're going to leave it exposed and paint it. So it needs to be installed with some sense of, of detail and um, needs to be very neat and careful. Um, so we're really, this team, we're really looking for people who are willing to work hard. Um, it is a dirty job, so we're looking for people who are willing to get dirty, um, but at the same time there's going to be a sense of neatness um, to the way that you install work. So if you're detail-oriented, this could be a, a good option for you. Also, I think as Jeff said, some things will happen sort of in sequence. This, this one is going to, um, we'll need this team to come in a lot sooner than anybody else because uh, the general contractor will be able to do a certain amount of work and then the insulation has to go in and then he'll sort of finish his work. So we'll need that team to sort of be ready to go. Um, when we do orientations for these, this will be the first team that gets going and we'll need you to um, kind of be on the ball and be sharp and be ready to go with that. Um, <clears throat> the second team I mentioned is the painting team, um, which I, almost everybody, has anybody here not ever wielded a paintbrush or paint roller before? Anyone? Yeah, good. So everyone's qualified, which is good. Um, the point here, um, this is going to be a very large job. We need to make certain that all the wall and ceiling surfaces that have to get paint on them get it right. Um, and this is going to include color selection. I know we have a nice color drawing. Thank you, Pat, for doing a great color drawing. And I, I've thought of some, some colors, but I want to sort of leave it up to this team to come up with sort of the palette of colors that we're going to use here. So there will be a little bit of design associated with that. Um, we're also going to include some signage with that, or if there's any sort of graphics that are associated with that, this could be a, a good option for you if you're interested in that. Um, <clears throat> I would say uh, what's really, really important about painting is that it's, it's very neat and it's something you don't notice, like you don't really notice the paint scheme in this room or any room that you go into. And that's the point, is that it's uh, a bad paint job you will see and a good paint job you won't see. So in the, in the end it'll be unseen um, and that's fine. Uh, so what we're looking for for this team is again detail-oriented people. Um, we'll need some people who have a sense of color. Well, that's not required. That would be nice if you uh, understand colors. I, I'm really not very good at it. If you narrow it down, I can kind of help you. But um, and then it's also a patient thing too, right? You talk about you know watching paint dry. Hopefully, we're not going to watch a lot of paint dry. But you're going to have to be patient because paint is is a labor. It's just you don't just think it and it shows up on the wall. It, it takes some effort and some time and multiple coats and that sort of thing. So um, this one, where the insulation is going to happen early, painting is probably going to run kind of all throughout. We try to get start on the exterior as soon as we can because uh, that can happen while the construction's going on inside. And as soon as things are ready to go for paint inside, we'll need the team to start working with that. Um, the next group we talked about is the kitchenette. Um, we're calling it the kitchenette as opposed to the kitchen because when you say kitchen, that begins to mean things to public officials that aren't necessarily true, like 
are you serving food are you preparing food and there's a whole lot of regulations we don't really want to get into at this time um, uh, sort of at a basic level the point of the kitchen kitchen team they need to make certain that the this area is going to be of exceptional quality and of maximal maximum usefulness to the church um, I, I sort of had roughed out and, and oops, sort of roughed out an idea of uh, <clears throat> a serving counter of where we can sort of serve our food if we set it up on a Sunday morning or a weeknight or if we do a coffee shop or whatever to, to sort of have this um, to have this area uh, set up but I haven't detailed it and so what we need is folks on this team to kind of come together and say what we want this space to be and that would include the serving counter and whatever sort of space in the back of the kitchen kitchenette is um, and there's a ceiling that goes over this that I have not designed also so we need some people with some sense of design um, and I can work with you on that for sure um, again this is sort of a visual focal point remember we're going to cut the walls open at the at two walls and so people will be able to see this is the main entrance to the, to the building so this is sort of a visual focal point of what we're putting together so it's going to be very important um, so we're looking for people with creativity um, if you have some construction experience that's certainly a plus um, obviously nobody works in the construction industry as Jeff pointed out but if you have some experience that's nice if not again we'll train you we'll all work together and that'll be fine so um, this one is probably going to involve some, some book work and some design and some thinking at the front end and then the installation will probably happen more towards the tail end of the process <clears throat> the fourth team is the restrooms um, we need to make certain our restrooms are of exceptional quality and I've, I think I've given the speech before but um, everybody from you know Bill Gates to the guy off the street uses the restrooms and so it's, it's a facility, a piece of a facility that everybody uses um, and it says a lot about how you care about people as to how you set up your restrooms, how you design them, how you treat them. Um, so we have some ideas of how they should be, um, what they should look like, but this team isn't going to do, we're not going to have the team do plumbing. Um, that's going to be left up to the contractor. What we're really looking for is things like tile, um, paper towel dispensers, what's the countertop going to be, how are the floors going to be finished, and so forth. So um, there will be a little bit of design associated with this, um, and there will be quite a bit of coordination too. Um, again, this is sort of like the kitchenette, sort of needs you working on it, thinking about it early in the process, and the actual installation piece will happen more towards the end. Um, the last team is the flooring team. Uh, what we're asking for is uh, uh, a team of people who will pick out and then install all of the floor surfaces throughout the building. Um, the way we sort of designed and budgeted is we're going to have provide carpets in this hallway and in the children's area and then we're looking at concrete, bare concrete with some sort of stain or finish or coating in basically every other area. So. Um, <clears throat> there'll be a quite a bit of research to figure out what materials to provide, what systems to install, how to install those. Um, this, this team is really open to anyone. I can't see any need unless you've maybe worked with flooring before. It could be useful to have that skill. And this is going to be very one of the very last things that takes place. You want to wait until paint is on the walls and the ceiling before you start to mess with flooring. So um, this, is, this will be one at the tail end things so 
<clears throat> that sort of sums up uh, that sums up the teams. And so the question then is, how will you serve? And uh, I appreciate Jeff's thoughts about commitments. What we're looking for is people who are willing to commit to a team, uh, to be part of it, to have a good attitude, to be zealous. Um, hopefully you took notes on what he said because I think those will be helpful to you. Um, so today we're going to have you sign up, and I have here a series of forms. Um, those of you who are on the servant leadership team, you've already filled out one of these forms, so please don't take one. If I could get maybe a couple couple guys to pass it. And Jeff's got pens. If Yeah, yeah, and if you are a married couple, please just do one. We want married couples to work together, so hopefully you can work together. Now don't fill it out yet. I will I can talk about it. Um, what I've done is I've said, hey, we'll give you we'll try to give you your first choice. So I've let you sort of list your five your choices in order of which ones you'd like to work on, which ones you maybe don't want to work on. And I give you a little space where you could write some comments as a message to the selection committee, which is me. And um, I, just be aware you may not get your first choice or you may not get your second choice. So hopefully you will be uh, willing to participate in whatever we put you on. Um, and again, let me emphasize, you really do not have to have a special skill or a design talent or some background. But if you do, if you have any of those things, that would be really helpful to us. Um, and we actually are going to have a little question and answer session here. So, I don't know, Jeff, do you want me to just field the questions? Okay. Yeah, so if anyone has any questions, hopefully I can have some answers. And it could be about... You could have questions about the design. You could have questions about schedule. You could have questions about these teams or anything. So I'll just open it up to what anyone would. I'll start with Danielle since she's closest to me. Um, so the installation part, I've seen it like being willing and things like that. And I do have asthma. That's something that I probably shouldn't be involved in. With the things that are being blown around as well as how that works, how does this work? Like that? Yeah, we're, we're not going to do blown-in insulation. It's all going to be pieces that you set up on the ceiling yeah. or on the walls. So I, from an airborne particulate standpoint, we're, if you will, we're, we're minimizing that. Um, you, you know, if you think that's a concern, certainly note it. And, you know, I'm, if you say I have asthma and I don't want to install insulation, I'm not going to make you do it. Don't worry. So just, but just let me know. That's probably a good thing. If you have some other medical condition, or I think I noted on there, if you have a fear of heights, you might say, "I have a fear of heights," and we'll maybe keep you away from those teams. But good. Another question: When is the work going to occur? Well, that's going to be. I guess I'm not supposed to answer that question. No. Um, it's, it's really going to be up to each team uh, to decide when they're going to perform their specific work. So the way this is going to go is we're going to we'll get the forms, we'll make up the teams, and then I'm going to have five orientation sessions, and we'll set those up in the next two to three weeks. Um, and we'll sit down and we'll talk about with your team, hey, this is sort of our anticipated schedule. Hopefully by then we'll have a better, we'll have a contract signed with the contractor. We'll know what his construction schedule is. 
will know maybe a little more about the city permitting process of when things will get through and then um, you know I think as a team you can just say hey we want to do our work on such and such time and it can be reasonable for that I, I think there's been some indication from the pastors that I know we have Wednesday meetings and for some people we have Tuesday meetings and we may look at sort of trying to leverage those times as to and during the summer specifically work times that say hey your team Wednesday night is free we're not having a specific organized activity but it's a time for people to come in teams to come in and do work so that you're not doubled up with meetings and that sort of thing so is that Yes. Yeah. To some extent, I mean, like I said, insulation is going to kind of get in and out and be done. I think long before anyone else. Now, painting again will kind of run the whole time. I think you'll be able to start in the exterior and then go to the interior. But we'll work that out with the painting team. We may have a we may subdivide that team and say, okay, we actually have the exterior painting team and the interior painting team. We'll just talk about that as a group. Um, and then the other stuff, you know, flooring has got to kind of wait until painting's done or close to done to go in. And the other two, we'll just kind of have to sort of work with the others and we'll have some, some coordination meetings for sure to make that work. So. Sir? We do have a background in construction. Um, is there a way we can come in on the day when it's and how about those other things? Uh, you mean with the other four teams that we have set up? So, like, if you want to participate in multiple teams, um, yeah, I don't think that's a problem. I think you should probably pick one that you really want to focus on. But then you could just say, "Hey, I have a construction background in these other things. I'd be willing to help them execute the work." You know, like if you're like, "I really want to be on the restroom team, but I have some carpentry experience." I'd like to help with the kitchenette if possible. Well, we'll see what we can do to see if we can get that involved for sure. Julie had a question. Well, my first question was like, when is it actually going to start? Yeah. Um, is it going to be like a coffee shop? Like a physically running coffee shop? I don't know. I just Yeah, that's part. Well, yes and no. Yeah, we we've sort of left it open at this point. Like we don't have a we don't have a real specific plan for at least at this time. You know, opening a a functioning coffee shop or functioning food service. Now, I've tried to lay it out in such a way that if we did decide we wanted to do that, it would be free, and that'll be one of the considerations of that team. Is if we were going to do that, what are like we want to make sure we don't shut the door on certain opportunities that maybe we have right now when we're building it. So, um, obviously, when you do that, you've got to start to deal with health officials and health code. And you're trying to stay out of that at this point and just get into the space and use it and you know use it for the stuff we're doing now. And you know, for all I know, two weeks after we move in, we'll be like, yeah, well, this would be really great if we had a coffee shop or something else there, so a bagel shop. I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of room to make food here, but coffee could work. So. That, that did you have another question too or oh when yeah yeah if I had to guess I think the contractor will probably be starting his work by the first of June so the insulation team will probably get in within about three weeks of that and then others will be in July and August will be my guess but Uh, yeah, the like you're talking about like demolition. 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm sitting down with the contractor hopefully this week, and we'll talk about uh, like a church work day to do some demolition kind of stuff. There's you know abandoned pipes and old heaters and stuff that we should be able to tear out and kind of help him help us save costs. So we'll send out a call for laborers for that, and then like I think I mentioned before, landscaping would be another one. We might need some some experts to come in and help us kind of clean it up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do have those. We've got some landscape folks. So, other questions? None. All right. Well, if you could, maybe um, I will pray to wrap us up, and then if you could just take five minutes, and I would really appreciate it if you could fill these out now and hand them back to me, I guess, or to one of the other pastors. That would be great. Um, just so that we could kind of keep the process going and. If you feel like you want to think about it or pray about it or whatever, let me know at least that you're doing that so that we don't just sort of randomly assign you a team because we didn't get a form from you or whatever. So, um, And I, I guess I would also say if you really don't feel led to help or you don't feel called to serve or you're not able to or you're going to go study abroad for the summer and don't feel like you should be on a team, maybe you could note that on your sheet and just hand it to us and that way we, we sort of know who's available and who's not, that would be fine. So, did Brad or Jeff, do you guys have any other things you need to add? Or, All right, well, I'll pray, then we'll let you fill out the sheets and we'll be done. So, all right. <clears throat> Thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, really the opportunity um, to engage in a building and build your kingdom at the same time, Lord. Um, God, I thank you that You've really opened doors to even get us to this point to where we can even talk about signing up for teams to actually do this work, Lord. You've opened so many doors, uh, the lease and the construction and materials and the change of use permit with the city and, and so on and so forth, Lord. We could hardly recount it here in just a few minutes. And Lord, we, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do, for how you're going to get us into this facility, Lord, for how this is going to be just a, a wonderful place that's going to reach out to our community, reach out to our neighbors, Share the light of Christ with them. Lord, I look, for the, I look forward and, and thank you in advance for uh, the unity that you're going to build through each of these teams, through people working shoulder to shoulder on their little piece, um, working together, Lord. We look forward to the humility uh, we're going to grow in, um, the zealousness for your kingdom, God. Um, thank you again for this day and for this chance to meet, and thank you for this church. Pray that your blessings would be upon us as a body and on individuals as we go out from here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.